it, it goes well beyond the dystopic view uh, George Orwell put out in his book in 1984. Monaco 64, home of alternative economics and contrarian views. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Torsten Paulite. Uh, Dr. Paulite is an economist and professor of economics at the University of Bayreuth in Germany. He's also a contributor to uh, the Mises.org website, and I've uh, been reading his stuff for many, many years. Uh, back in 2005, seven, that's how I first got in touch with Dr. Paulite. He even used to work for one of the big banks, and, and uh, now he's uh, independent. And I wanted to have him on to talk about the uh, money supply situation, not only uh, in the U.S., but in, in Europe, because it seems to be uh, get, getting uh, very serious. And uh, there's a big confusion, of course, nowadays uh, between inflation and CPI and what really is inflation. And I think Dr. Paulite would uh, do a great job explaining to us what's going on. Uh, welcome, Torsten. Mario, thank you very much to be on your show. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure, as always. You're welcome. And I don't know if you remember uh, Dr. Paulite or Tor Torsten, I can call you Torsten, back in 1994. The uh, when the Bundesbank hadn't been taken over by the ECB, <laughs> they used to uh, target M3. And I remember one 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 day the M3 came out at thirty percent, and the the bond market dropped three points. It was the busiest day in my career as a futures and options broker. But nowadays, uh, none of the mainstream economists or traders seem to care about the monetary aggregates. So what can you uh, tell the viewers and the world about what's going on? Inflation is a complex issue, and I think it's important to distinguish between two concepts. On the one hand, we have goods price inflation, and on the other hand, we have monetary stock inflation. And I would argue that uh, goods price inflation, so if prices of consumer goods or producer goods go up over time, is actually re the result of an increase in the money stock. So the goods price inflation is a symptom of an underlying cause, and the underlying cause is monetary inflation. Nowadays, people think, uh, when, whenever they hear about inflation, uh, they think of consumer price indices, statistical uh, indices that try to uh, to basically measure the developments of goods prices in an economy. And I think this, this is from an e very unsatisfactory from an economic uh, theory viewpoint, as, because I said earlier that a monetary inflation is actually what inflation really is. That is the driving force. If the money stock in our economy expands, sooner or later that will show up in higher goods prices be that consumer goods prices or producer goods prices or housing prices or stock prices or even bond prices. Milton Friedman, the famous American economist, he came up with this famous dictum, uh, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. I think that is true from an economic viewpoint, from an empirical viewpoint. And I think the sky-high inflation we have now in the United States of America, in Europe, uh, in the UK, in Germany, is actually uh, a direct result of central banks having ramped up the money stocks uh, big time. 
for instance, since the end of 2019, uh, the US Fed has increased the money stock M2 by around about 40%. The European Central Bank has increased the money stock M3 by around about 25%. As a result, a huge monetary overhang has been created and this huge monetary overhang is now uh, getting into contact with cost push effects from green policies, from uh, Russia, uh, from sanctions leveled against Russia, and um, basically pushes up all prices over time. And uh, just to cut a long story short, the inflation people have to endure, people have to suffer from is made by central banks increase in the money stock. Yes, and uh, there's a very uh, big uh, incentive for the uh, governments and central bankers to blame everything but themselves. And there was an impact from the sanctions against Russia and also from COVID, but that just exacerbated the, the increase uh, in the money supply and exacerbated the CPI, or if you want to call it inflation, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. The um, the monetary system we have is a fiat money system or an unbacked paper money system where central banks in close cooperation with commercial banks increase the outstanding stock of money through bank credit. And that is, of course, a very profitable business for the banking industry. And it's also very helpful for the government because it can issue ever greater amounts of debt, which are then purchased by banks, central banks or commercial banks at relatively low interest rates. And so the government can spend on a, on a very large scale. It can spend more than the, uh, the, the, the typical tax revenues it, it gets. And um, of course, this is an inflationary scheme. And in order to make people believe that central banks fight inflation and, and that uh, even a rise of 2% consumer, price, uh, consumer prices over time is not inflation. We have all these mainstream economists uh, who tell people that uh, we need central banking, we need um, the creation of new money through uh, bank lending. And all this is meant to basically legitimize an inflationary scheme, which is of course, uh, which is of course helpful for some special interest groups like the big industry, big banking, and of course the government, but it is very harmful for the, the society as, at large. And um, I think it's important to educate people as you do in all your videos about the negative effects uh, of uh, fiat money, of this unbacked paper money system for the public at large. Yeah, the other interesting thing that's going on, though, is that now we're seeing the uh, monetary aggregates go negative, which would basically mean that we have deflation. And people would probably think we're crazy to say we've got deflation, but we do. And at the same time, the CPI indices are still really high. And uh, maybe you could touch upon that, what you think will happen when uh, the central bankers and governments realize they have to pump up the monetary aggregates again, or else the economies will go into a, a deep depression. We saw the German uh, fourth quarter GDP, it came out negative. I think it was expected uh, to be positive. So maybe we, we could touch up on that now. 
Yeah, central banking causes boom and bust cycles. You know, they first increase the stock of money and that makes the economy expand. And sooner or later, this boom turns into bust because the stimulus is actually fading out. And I think this is exactly what's unfolding before our eyes. As I said earlier, since the end of 2019, uh, central banks increased the money stock substantially creating a huge monetary overhang. And this monetary overhang has ramped up uh, prices across the board. And now in the last months, uh, central banks have increased interest rates. So the demand for credit has declined and the supply of credit has declined. And that has led to a slowdown in the growth rates of monetary aggregates, as you said. For instance, in the United States of America, the monetary uh, aggregate M2 uh, declined last month by 1.3% year on year. That was the first contraction since 1959. And in the euro area, for instance, uh, the uh, money stock M1 deflated by consumer prices uh, is shrinking at a rate of around about 7%. And that, of course, uh, is a is a huge uh, is a huge impediment for economic expansion. And I would say, first of all, we're heading for really tough times. I could imagine that the business cycle slowdown will be much more pronounced in the United States and in the Euro area, as most people believe at this juncture, because most people don't pay attention to the development of the so-called real monetary aggregates. And the second issue is, of course, there's still this monetary overhang, and this keeps pushing up uh, prices for quite some time, I would argue. And the result would be prices in keep increasing, economic uh, activity is contracting, and we're going to end up in a very uh, severe stagflation scenario. It's very um, unpleasant for people, for businesses. So I'm afraid to say, Mario, we're heading for hard times um, when I look at what's unfolding as far as monetary developments are concerned. Do you think that uh, they could trigger a crack-up boom or hyperinflation if, uh, for example, in six months they realize that they need to pump up the the money and the credit again and they do they cut start cutting rates and doing QE, uh, that it could uh, lead to a crack-up boom? or it could be just a stagflationary period with high inflation, maybe like 10 to 15 percent. What's your view on that? I think it's very hard to say at the moment what central banks will do. The one scenario is that they keep raising interest rates until the economy, until financial markets collapse, like we have seen uh, in 2008 or they deliver just one or two further rate increases and then stop. In the first scenario, I think that's the crash scenario. It wouldn't take long for central banks to lower interest rates, to pump up additional credit and money into the system to keep the economies growing. And that, call, that I think could uh, result in some kind of cracker boom where people start losing confidence in the purchasing power of money where you don't have a credit uh, crisis, but a currency crisis. So people start getting out of uh, their money holdings, 
trying to put their money into housing, into stocks and other uh, assets. And that is a likely scenario if uh, central banks at some point in, in the second uh, scenario I just mentioned as well, uh, would return to a policy of uh, lowering interest rates, of backing up credit markets, and most importantly, of pumping up the money supply. Um, whatever scenario will be unfolding, Mario, I'm pretty sure that we uh, will end up in inflation, in high inflation, that the high inflation we got is basically uh, here to stay. I don't see uh, really inflation to come up, come down for the next five to 10 years. Yes, I think someone did some uh, research that in the last 300 years, if inflation ever gets, or the CPI ever gets to 10%, it takes seven to eight years to get it back to two. So I think they're going to have a hard time. And uh, I think the same people who said the inflation or the CPI was transitory, they're now saying that it's peaked. Could you uh, like uh, talk a little bit about that? And also maybe also to protect yourself in these inflationary times, I know you are a gold and silver proponent. Maybe you could talk to the viewers a little bit about that. I think it's very important, just what you said, Mario. Inflation comes in waves. Just look at the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s. Uh, inflation basically took off in the United States of America and in other currency areas as well, around about 1965 when uh, the Vietnam War started, and it ended uh, in early in the early 1980s, so so many many years of high high inflation, but inflation came in waves, and I think this is um, this is a good illustration of what's unfolding at the moment. Uh, the, the 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 decline in energy prices will bring down headline inflation numbers somewhat, but still there is this tremendous this enormous monetary overhang, and it will pump up other prices. So I'm pretty confident actually that inflation won't come down and that uh, inflation is actually a huge challenge for all people trying uh, to keep their savings, their lifetime savings, uh, to protect them against the risk scenarios that uh, appear on the horizon. I think inflation is one of the biggest challenges for any investor. Indeed, I think that a, a certain degree of diversification of a portfolio is important. I'm not a precious metals only guy, but I think uh, gold and silver are basically money substitutes. They're very close to being currencies. And um, when you just look at the track record of gold and silver, they will protect you against uh, the uh, the problems that come with the fiat money system get, getting increasingly into trouble. Uh, gold and silver cannot be debased, their purchases, purchasing power cannot be debased by central banks running the electronic printing presses, and they also don't carry a default or counterparty risk. So really my recommendation would be to uh, have at least some portion of your portfolio uh, kept in physical gold and silver. And again, I just mentioned diversification. I'm still confident that uh, central banks try to avoid the great contraction, the great depression. And so the 
they will opt for keeping inflation high. And against this backdrop, I think that a diversified stock portfolio is also or should also be part of your portfolio. And stocks and, and in particular gold and silver in physical form in coins and, and bar in bars in your portfolio, that is at least a strategy that could weather the storm. And for those of you who are less optimistic than I am, I think the option would be to increase the share of uh, precious metals in physical form uh, in your portfolio and uh, basically to forget about uh, the, the stock market element. And which sectors would you say outside gold and silver will will uh, perform relatively well in this age of inflation? That's very difficult to say, Mario. Um, I typically ask myself, am I in a position to outperform the market? And there are just two answers. The one answer is yes, and the other answer is no. And if I my answer is no, I, I wouldn't think that I can outperform the market on a sustained basis, then the result would be to put together a worldwide diversified asset portfolio with stocks and a real estate and precious metals diversified uh, around the globe. And I think this uh, is a recommendation which is um, appropriate for most investors because most investors cannot outperform. They don't know which sectors will outperform. And so if, if, if you ask me this question, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I remain cautious and um, modest. And so I would recommend uh, a diversified stock or asset uh, portfolio on a worldwide scale. Uh, just a, a question uh, about, because there's a, a lot of people concerned and worried that uh, what's happening now is that uh, the powers that be, the central bankers, uh, they want to bring down the system and introduce uh, CBDCs in order to keep track of everyone, even though they can keep track of us as it is with technology right now. Have you got a view on that, on the uh, CBDC story, whether that will be successful? You know, my take, Mario, is that um, these forces don't want, don't wish at this juncture to take down the system, I think they want to steer and command the system according to their own preferences. Um, they, I think, try to avoid the big crash because a big crash would actually uh, put into danger their, their, their powerful positions. And so what they have in mind is to transform our societies, our economies over time, gradually, uh, according to the Great Reset Agenda, let's put it that way. And of course, uh, digital central bank currencies are an important part of it. Of course, uh, there the, you can see around the world, central banks try to implement these kind of new money, and it depends on whether people accept this kind of currency for transaction purposes, for saving purposes, I think it's a very bad idea if we want to preserve our, or what little is left of it, of our free societies and free economic systems. I, I really would want people to get 
get caught, to get into contact with digital central bank currencies. I think it's it's really dangerous because it is it gives central banks all the power. It gives governments all the power to control and to steer you. Uh, private uh, uh, private uh, financial uh, privacy would be gone, and uh, hopefully people will revolt against this idea. I think it's a pretty bad idea, and uh, sometimes I, I'm even reminded of 1984, George Orwell. Uh, I think he would have, uh, it, it goes well beyond the dystopic view uh, George Orwell put out in his book, in 1984, as far as cent digital central bank currencies are concerned. And, and with that, Mario, I hope I could make uh, clear uh, that I think it's, it's, it's an evil thing, and uh, I hope it, it won't be established. I agree 100% uh, with you on that. It is evil, because I think the uh, collapse of the gold standard in Europe because of World War I gave him the power with fiat currencies and this would be a step up from that it would be total control so just wanted to ask you if you have any final thoughts for the viewers as we uh, wrap up yeah mario just mentioned the gold standard collapsed and um, i would argue the gold standard didn't collapse governments destroyed them deliberately i think gold and silver are basically perfect money uh, these are the best uh, media for exchange human society ever had. And governments took them away to uh, install their own unbacked paper or fiat currencies in order to plunder the people, <laughs> to, to finance wars. There's no uh, economic or ethical argument that, that should convince us that government-sponsored fiat currencies would be better money. I think what, what's needed, Maria, and that would be my final thought, is a return to a free market in money, where people have the full freedom to uh, decide which kind of currency, of kind of money they would love to use for their purposes, for making transactions, for, for, for saving purposes. We don't actually need a monopoly of money. What's needed is a free market in money. And hopefully uh, people are going to wake up and uh, read what, for instance, many economists of the Austrian School of Economics put out many, many years ago. They explained uh, the uh, advantages of a free market in money over a government money monopoly. And I think once people start getting into it, they will understand very easily that th that our freedom and, and prosperity can only be preserved if you get rid of government-sponsored money monopolies and return to a free market in money. Wow, thank you very much, Torsten, for correcting me there about the gold standard. And uh, <laughs> I, I wish you uh, a great uh, rest of the day and uh, a very uh, happy and prosperous 2023. Thank you very much, Mario, for the invitation. All the best, and I hope we will continue to talk uh, soon.